coming up in a studio very, very near you. The evil empire lurks in Provo, Utah, but a new hope arises on multiple fronts. Rebel forces have located a familiar leader in Baton Rouge to lead the football offense. Meanwhile, safety measures remain a top priority in the basketball quadrant. The empire and general Chris Koviak have infiltrated the outer walls of the Marriott Center, threatening BYU's win streak. Join the battle as BYU Sports Nation begins right now. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Oh, BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Star Wars. We saw Star Wars! December 15th, <laughs> wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the penultimate Jedi, Jerem Jordan. <laughs> nice. Is that the name of episode nine? Yeah. Uh, we went to Star Wars last night. I was so excited I lost my voice. Yeah, you also have a cold. Give me knucks. Don't give me a high five. Um, <laughs> so, we, uh, yeah, we went up to uh, the district in uh, Sojo, as no one calls it, uh, South Jordan. Because we got some uh, recliner seats, some luxury seats, which is great. That's the way to watch every. And we saw it at ten forty, so we like left theater at one thirty, and I'm feeling amazing right now. Like I thought I'd be <laughs> wasted, you know, super tired. We're actually seeing it again this afternoon. Don't uh, judge us with the company, so that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, it, <laughs> I'm feeling so good, man. It, there was a guy in the bathroom after who said, "Wait, you guys came all the way up here? Don't you live down there?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Okay." <laughs> then that was the extent of our conversation. I love when people have a conversation, but you don't begin with hello. Or, hi, my name hi, is. Hi, how you doing? A pleasure to meet it's you. Like, it's just, wait, hey, you guys came all the way down Hey, here. I have a question. I need to know something from you right now. I hope that guy's watching. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Jerem, it's, it's time. It's been way too long since yeah. we did this. Yeah. A 12-second movie review on Star Wars The Last Jedi. I know people who do longer versions. We don't need more than 12 seconds, okay? Start the clock. While The Force Awakens was a linear copy of A New Hope, this is exactly like nothing. There's several great Star Wars moments, other moments that took me by surprise for better or worse. There's some unexplained storylines, but a bunch of answered questions. Go see this movie. That's all you need. You there just we need 12 go. seconds. There you we go. You don't need You don't need three minutes. You don't need an hour. You need 12 seconds. Now, what is unique to this 12-second movie review, as if a 12-second movie review wasn't unique enough? <laughs> you rate all of these movies on yes. a BYU athletic scale. Yes. Of Jake Heaps to Jimmer Fredette. So yes. where does this rank? It is Max Hall. It's really good. It's following up John Beck, a.k.a. Okay. The Force Awakens. Okay. Most of it was awesome, but were there moments you disagree with? Yes. Like Max. Ah, interesting. You see what I mean? Yes, I see what you did there. Yeah. Now, have you kept I've track? I've compared other movies to Max Have you as kept well? track of all of your movie reviews and no, the athletes no. you've compared them to? No, because I've repeated Max. <laughs> Max is a fun character in the BYU sports story, right? Yes. I love Max. Okay, so you are not confined to only one movie no, to be one athlete. It's like uh <clears throat> it's like the new Star Trek and X-Men. Yeah. There are these alternative universes that you can explore. And uh yeah, I'm exploring them in the Millennium Falcon. Star Wars The Last Jedi in one night, Jerem, has earned enough money to pay every member on BYU's entire payroll for a year. 
and Nick Saban. Uh, That's a lot of money. You mean bigger than BYU's endowment? <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. It, oh, yeah. my goodness. Uh, by the way, we have to sing karaoke later today, too. I don't know that you're going to be able to. I'm going to have to sing the bass. We have a company party, and we're supposed to sing. <laughs> what, what good is what's Studio C for? Why are you asking us? Uh, Isn't that what Studio C is for? Random acts? That, that's true, but we are, we are Studio B. And that brings us to our headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Hey, B comes before C, Jerem. Jeff Grimes will be introduced as the new BYU offensive coordinator tomorrow in an official press conference. Grimes announced as the new OC yesterday, joins BYU from LSU where he was the offensive line coach and run game coordinator. We will have a recap of that press conference on Monday right here in Studio B, part of BYU Sports Nation. Men's basketball plays Utah tomorrow for the 258th time with the Cougars leading the series amazingly by one game. Talk about even. First time they played, 1909. How about that? It's live at 11 Eastern tomorrow night on ESPN2 with pregame coverage on BYU Radio. At 10 Eastern, Dave Rose is happy the game is happening. This game will be, you know, extremely... uh... Uh, competitive and, and you know I, I'm just glad the game's back on again. Right. It's good to be able to have the, the people in the state of Utah to have their two premier teams play each other. Indeed it is. First game in Provo between these two since 2014. Can't wait for that tomorrow night. I can't believe I'm about to read the following words. Jimmer Fredette scored 15 points in a 98-79 Shanghai Sharks loss yesterday. I don't believe it. I I'm guessing he was sick because there's no way he. Would I don't. Did did minutes. he play one quarter? <laughs> Jimmer, however, was once again perfect from the free throw line, going four for four. So there you go. He's like basically made sixty straight free throws in competition. That's amazing. And the Cougars in the NFL Week 15 lineup looks like this: Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs take on Michael Davis and the Chargers. Kaina Koo and the Browns play Bronson Kafusi and the Baltimore Ravens. John Denny and the Dolphins go to Buffalo. Jamal Williams, Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers take on the Panthers. Taysom Hill and the special teams, Saints, play the Jets. Ziggy Ansah and the Lions take on the Bears. And the biggest game of the week features Kyle Van Oy, who hopefully will play in the game. He had a calf injury, missed uh, Monday Night Football against the Dolphins. And the Patriots against the Steelers. That's a big game. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Co-stars of BYU Athletics. In a lot of ways, BYU basketball is Luke Skywalker this week. Beloved by many, the re-emerging star in this movie series, The Last Jedi. Saber-wielding force, proponent for good, staring down Darth Vader, and this is an encompassing take, people. This week's story was all about Luke until Han Solo... BYU football, flew in like a thief in the cosmos to restore hope after a 4-9 and nine football season by hiring Jeff Grimes. Now we've got a situation, Jerem, which leads us to today's Twitter question. What is your attention right now as a BYU fan? Use hashtag BYUSN. There's a lot going on, right? What has your attention? Uh, this tweet is from... Uh, th- we have no tweet, in fact. <laughs> There's no tweet. <laughs> No, no one's tweeting. <laughs> Where are you, people? 
Where are you people? There's no tweet. There are two major storylines well, playing out. The first time out. ever we've been shut out on Twitter. There are two major storylines playing out in BYU Athletics this day. And when there is a disturbance like that in the force, oh, they're, Jerem, they're, I'm disturbed. We settle it <laughs> with big deal, no deal. Big deal, no deal. Uh, big deal, no deal presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. There is a slight modification to this big deal, no deal today, Jerem. Because both of the things that we are discussing are a big deal. Mm. We just need to decide what is the big deal and what is the bigger deal today. The Jeff Grimes hire as the new BYU football offensive coordinator or BYU-Utah renewing the rivalry after a slight hiatus on the basketball floor. What do you got, man? It's Star Wars The Last Jedi. That's the answer. That's what today is. That's the biggest deal? Yes. Bigger than Jeff Grimes and BYU-Utah basketball. Uh, yes. Wow. But, if I have to answer this one, uh, Jeff, Jeff Grimes. BYU's offense stunk last year. They just had this great hire, as we outlined on uh, yesterday's show. In comes Jeff Grimes. Reportedly will stay with LSU through the Citrus Bowl, by the way. Uh, and then once they're done with the bowl game, then he'll go. But you, you know in the meantime, he's figuring out what coaches he's going to get. He's working on recruiting because guess what? In five uh, six and seven days from now is a signing period that is new and different. It's Jeff Grimes to me. Football is so big here, like so big. It's Jeff Grimes. It really is. It moves the needle more than hoops, not only with TV ratings, but with the money and everything. It's Jeff Grimes, baby. And you know I love me some BYU-Utah. Last year, we had a discussion in the offseason about if you could get a guaranteed win over Utah or LSU, what would it be? And I vehemently defended BYU versus Utah. So with all that said, I still go with Jeffrey Grimes. At BRB Creative tweets in, must Wait, I someone choose? tweeted? Must I choose? Yesterday it was Jeff Grimes. Today it is Star Wars. Tomorrow it will be Utah at BYU. Now, uh, yes, that's what, yes, that's the order. You have your priorities in order. This is a place, Brigham, of priorities, Spencer. Jerem. I love me some Jeff Grimes, but that is so yesterday. Okay? <laughs> so yesterday. It's about BYU-Utah. All of the storylines are hitting home for me very, very hard today. The fact that the game got canceled last year by one man, the man who will be coaching the opposite team tomorrow in the Marriott Center. I didn't we'll think it be was... wearing the color of the Sith. Yes, I didn't think it was going to happen. Not for a long time. When, he, when that series got canceled, I was really worried about the future of Utah and BYU and the basketball well, floor. D- don't forget the, the two people who have canceled the BYU-Utah series. Yes, uh, Adolf Hitler and Larry Kriskoviak. There are only two people? World War II. And Larry Kriskovia. I'm not stupid enough to say he is the first person. That's dumb. I'm just pointing out there are two people who have canceled the series. So, and that's safety first. <laughs> that whole thing. Now they're playing, which is great because Utah is a quality opponent on BYU's schedule. I, I feel you. I still think it's Jeff Grimes, but this is the sixth best game on BYU's schedule and the second best non-conference game for BYU. It's a big game. It's the most important basketball game that BYU will play all regular season. It's the most important Ooh, game. Wow. Why do you feel that way? Because they More than Gonzaga and St. Mary's? Yes. And you hate you some St. Mary's. I can't stand You go St. to the dark Mary's. side when St. Mary's comes up. Yes. I, I flirt with becoming a Sith when it comes to BYU and St. Mary's. I might make a deal with the 
past Darth Maul if it meant beating <laughs> that was Mary's. That was the biggest mistake in the prequels, to, was to get rid of Darth Maul. And Liam Neeson was a Jedi? Why would you get rid of him after one movie? <sighs> Woulda, shoulda, coulda. Huge mistakes. Right. Almost as big as canceling the BYU-Utah game. BYU-Utah. Their coach... Larry Kraskoviak paid $80,000 of his own money to not play the game. And yet here we are, one year later, playing the game in Provo. The welcome alone for that guy. Oh, it's going to be crazy. It will be epic. And Bill Walton's in the house? Bill Walton is in the house to call the game with our guy, Roxy Bernstein. BYU and Utah renew the rivalry. The Cougars have not beaten Utah in any of the major sports, speaking of basketball and football, since 2012. It has been five years since BYU has known victory over the Utes in one of the two big money sports. And even if BYU wins, all Utah's going to say is, well, we've won seven in a row in football. They have that. It's an actual That's why game. Jeff Grimes needs to restore balance to the... Forced that is Cougars and Utes. It's an actual game, which is why I'm giving BYU-Utah the edge over Jeff Grimes. It's a game with the team wearing red tomorrow in Provo with the, Larry Kay. The game is always BYU and Utah, whether there's an actual competition with refs or not. What has your attention right now as a BYU fan, basketball or Jeff Grimes and football? Coming up, Jake Caressa played for Jeff Grimes. What does he think of the hire? And next, the former head coach, Steve Cleveland, joins us. Who is the Y factor for BYU to beat Utah tomorrow? Stay with us. Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We're so excited that we're losing our voices, people. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Hashtag BYUSN. Ben Toops plays Utah tomorrow on ESPN2 at 11 Eastern. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio starting at 10 Eastern time. It's not too late. Get a nap. I took a nap yesterday. And it paid off. Oh, yeah, it did. I'm going to need another one today, probably. <laughs> We're going to see it this afternoon, man. Yeah. I'm stoked to see it again. Sneaking up somewhere. It being Star Wars The Last Jedi. Drive your car to some remote BYU parking lot. (laughs) Lay the seat back. Go to sleep for a few minutes. Right? (laughs) Aren't there couches in this building? Or or you could just lay on the couch. Whatever you want to do. Hanging on the clock? I'm I'm thinking of you. I don't want you to be interrupted. Oh, thank you. What has your attention right now as a BYU fan at Third Coast Trav says BYU football offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Specifically, what kind of offensive scheme he will employ? Like a good movie, there are questions to be answered, right? And we have questions uh, to be answered by Jeff Grimes. What offense will BYU run? Who will he hire? Who's the quarterback who's running the, the offense? Who's the quarterback, man? Good question. At Laser Sheep tweets, definitely basketball versus Utah. This is such a huge opportunity for BYU to get the monkey off their back as well as build a tournament resume, but don't forget hashtag safety first. Yeah. And as we read in the crawl to open up this Star Wars episode of BYU Sports Nation, Safety measures are a top priority in the basketball quadrant, Jay. Yeah, is The Rock going to be wearing hard hats tomorrow? Or, <laughs> or? <laughs> to, 
to help us preview these safety concerns and the BYU-Utah matchup. The former head basketball coach of BYU, Steve Cleveland, is with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Coach, welcome back to the show. Uh, are you going to see Star Wars today? Uh, probably not today, but I, I, I will, I'm sure, eventually watch it. I, I, I enjoy that, and uh, it's, it's lost me a little bit with some of the new stuff, but I'll, I'll catch on, but I do enjoy it. All right, let's get to the basketball now because I'm sure Jerem will read your movie review as soon as you have seen it. What yeah. are you feeling emotionally right now as BYU and Utah reunite in Provo for the first time since 2014? Well, I, uh, I can remember what it felt like emotionally when I was actually coaching that game, and uh, it's not the same as it is today. Uh, but I know for coaches and players, I love Mark Durant's comments on your show earlier in the week. And, uh, you know, there's a former player, somebody that's grown up in Utah, and is just so passionate about the game. He was a great player and a great analyst. He says, you know, forget about the NC2A, forget about the WCC title, just beat Utah. And, uh, and I'm sure that's how a lot of people feel. But at, at the end of the day, I think that uh, it's always a great game. And when you're a part of it, I mean, for me, when I got here in 1998, 97, 98, uh, that was Utah's Final Four team. And uh, that was quite, you know, that wasn't really a rivalry at that point in time. It was like, you know, do everything we could to kind of catch up. But the bar was really high. But uh, obviously over time, we were able to make that game relevant again. And, uh, and I remember that. You guys were talking about taking naps. You know, nothing was better than about an hour and a half or two-hour nap before the game, just to settle your nerves, get yourself settled, and go there. Because once the game starts, there aren't any nerves anymore. You just you're just engaged and you're in the moment. But uh, no, I remember those games, and, and Utah is really good. They got the best of us. But I remember the some significant wins at the tournament and at home one time when we were down 22 or 24, and there, there were some moments. It's it's a big game for everybody, but I'm probably not as emotionally involved as. Uh, as the coaches and players are today. When BYU plays Utah in the Merritt Center, it is magical. In fact, the phrase Merritt Center magic used to be used more often. I think we need to bring that back. So I'm bringing it back today. Merritt yeah, Center yeah, I magic. Think, I think we started that when I was here. Yes, and, and, and yeah. Clevesland and the whole day, it was awesome. Describe to us what a BYU-Utah game is like in the Merritt Center in a good competitive game. You know what? Um, I, I think you're, you're in the moment there as a coach and as a player. You're prepared. You've watched tons of film. You know what you're supposed to do, and you kind of know what they're going to do before they do it. So it's just a matter, really, of kind of just relaxing mentally and emotionally and kind of let the game come to you and play with confidence. I think teams sometimes get too hyped for this, and all of a sudden they get out of their rhythm. They forget assignments. Uh, It's fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's it's fun to coach in that building when you've got 20,000 people and it's a back-and-forth game. And I think tonight's game will be like that. I'd be really surprised if it's not. It'll be a very possession-oriented game. It'll be a game where they're not going to give up a great deal in conversion. And, you know, Utah runs a little more than they have in the past, and I know that'll be an issue with BYU. And, uh, but I think as, as BYU gets into this and settles into this game, uh, I really believe that three-point shooting is going to be a significant role in this game. It's, it's, I think it's going to be the difference between winning and losing is who shoots the three best. What is the most important reason BYU needs to beat Utah tomorrow, Coach? Well, one of the things you mentioned is that, you know, just to, to break that little bit of streak that they're having and, and kind of for the pride of the program and those kinds of things. But I think, again, it is a bit of a resume builder. It's early in the year. You, you don't know what's going to happen. But it is something. You lose at home to Utah, 
and there's a question mark, you're probably not getting into the tournament. So this this gets this does away with some of those questions that the committee might have down the road. Hey, they beat Utah, uh, who played in the Pac-12 and had a pretty good year. So I, I think it, it bodes well for them if they win this game in terms of postseason participation. Yeah, that's a good point. If BYU didn't win tomorrow, they're not getting into the NCAA tournament all likelihood, in all likelihood at well, large. And to, and to me, Coach, the, obviously the goal is the NCAA tournament. Could BYU make the, make the tourney by winning the tourney in March? Sure, that, that could happen. They go on a run. Uh, but what, what's more likely is that this team is building towards the tourney next year. What are you seeing right now that you like as this team builds toward trying to make the tournament, whether that's this year or, or next year? Well, I, I think there's, there's an identity. There's no, there's no longer an identity problem. I think they know who they are. They know how they want to play. I think the guys have bought in offensively and defensively. Uh, they set goals game in and game out based upon those things. I think the schemes that they run defensively uh, are more sophisticated. I like both teams, in fact, tonight run kind of an NBA ball screen action. I like the things that they're doing, and I think they're building themselves. You're right, not just for this year, but in the future. It's a system that you can win on the road. It's built to win on the road. It's built to win a tournament. And it's re- there's just a consistency about how they play. And, uh, and it does, it's not that it doesn't allow for an up-tempo pace and attacking off the dribble and knocking threes down and uh, all of that and above. But I, I just think they're more prepared. Steve Cleveland, the former BYU basketball coach, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, how do you think fans will receive the Utah head coach Larry Kristkoviak tomorrow in the Marriott Center? <laughs> there will probably be some boos, as there would be anyway if we hadn't had all that drama before. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, there's going to be a lot of students in there that don't even know who he is. You know, a lot of the freshmen come to these games, and uh, they aren't even aware of what that circumstance are unless they picked it up online, and I don't think that's happening. So, uh, yeah, there will be some animosity for Utah in general and for Larry. Uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, common sense will prevail and they'll continue to play each other. So uh, it, it'll be fun for the fans. It'll be a great fun for the, the fans because they, they're going to really make a difference in the outcome of this game. It's good to have rivalry moments. That's what makes a rivalry. And Larry Kruskoviak has cemented his place in this rivalry forever by canceling a game. He also said this week he doesn't think BYU should play Utah every year. When asked, he said, no. Is that crazy? Like, is he... They have to play every year, especially after the backlash. It's back on because uh, nationally he got hammered. What do you think? Well, I, I, it's a mistake. And, and I understand where he's coming from. And, you know, two months of a grind in the Pac-12 is different than two months of a grind in the WAC. I mean, in the WCC. And, and, and I know there's, they're, they're, that, that league is tougher, and he may feel like, you know what, this is, I don't need another like, league game, which, which playing BYU is. But that would be a big mistake. Not, not only do the fans from BYU want this game, but the fans at Utah want this game. So it's not just about what he wants. And I think that uh, he, uh, he needs to rethink that, not be so selfish about those types of things, and realize that this is a big moment for the entire state. Why walk away from that? It's just one game. It's one game. They're going to have many big, big games in, in, in the Pac-12, and BYU will have great challenges in the WCC but uh, to walk away from this game is uh, taking away a, a big part of the history of basketball in the state of Utah. Listen, when former Utah players, Utah players like Keith Van Horn and Andre Miller are getting on Twitter to talk about how this game needs to happen, you probably should listen to them and play Absolutely. it year after year. Whatever, neither here nor there. The game will happen tomorrow. And 
I want to know how do you think that BYU matches up with this year's specific Utah team? Well, they're, they're going to look a lot alike. I mean, I think the style of play, uh, BYU looks much more like Utah than they maybe have in the past. They're very similar in how they defend and how, uh, the ball string actions that they run. I think the personnel is pretty consistent. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of evenness about these two teams. Uh, I think BYU's concern is that don't let Bimmons get it going, let them get easy baskets and conversion because those things kind of quiet the crowd. And then, and then defensively, they gotta, they've got to collectively uh, work on guard and call that Rawson inside because they, they can do some damage. I mean, obviously, you don't want to get in a situation here where your bigs for BYU get in foul trouble early on, and that could happen if they don't do this collectively together. But I think the matchups are good. The style's good. I know BYU will have a plan. Utah's really well coached. Uh, they defend as well. And I'll come back to what I said earlier. I think, you know, Yoli's probably the most productive player in terms of bigs on the floor. I think Utah has more depth in the big, with bigs. But I think the advantage goes to, be, to BYU's guards. Uh, I, I think there's a little more size. BYU, uh, Utah's a little undersized. And I, I think the three-point ball from uh, TJ and Bryant and, and Cannon could really be the difference in winning and losing a very close game. Utah is sixth in the country, giving up uh, 26% defensively from the three-point line. Who is uh, your Y factor for BYU in tomorrow night's game? Well, because he's playing with so much positive momentum, I would say that TJ's coming into this game with a lot of confidence. And what he's done last week, that just carries over. I mean, that three ball is so important in these grinded-out possession-by-possession games. And, you know, and he tends to shoot that thing a little bit quicker in the shot clock, but that can create some momentum and separation. And that separation is going to be really important because BYU doesn't play at a real high pace and, and there's not a lot of possessions. It's harder to catch up. If Utah gets behind early, it makes it way more difficult for them. The same is true. I mean, when, last time I, you, you all watched the game, they came in here last time and they, they really quieted the Marriott center by controlling the temple and kept the lead. So in games like this, you can't afford to get too much separation, whether it's in the first half, second half, or the end of the game. I mean, both teams can really control the ball. Coach Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, great stuff. We're looking forward to the game, as I'm sure you are, and may the force be with you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> It'll be fun to watch. All right, Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He says fun to watch. He means the movie and the game. Yes. Yeah. It's all of He's the above. He's not just talking about the game. It's all of the above. How about, how about uh, Cleves, BYU going down 20-plus and coming back and winning against Utah? Amazing. That's one of the greatest He had some epic wins Saturday. against Utah. Oh, yeah, dude. Hey, coming up, what's the chance BYU beats Utah on Saturday? We'll discuss. And why is Jeff Grimes the right fit for BYU? One of his former offensive linemen at BYU, Jake Caressa, will tell us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends, on a Friday. Star Wars. Wait, you need to sing later. Chill. All right. Sorry. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out at Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. National simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere you would like to engage with the show. That's the beauty of it. If you want to relive the Star Wars magic in 12-second movie review fashion that Jerem gave to us off the top of the broadcast, you can do that with just a few clicks. Tomorrow, before the BYU vs. Utah game, you can listen to the BYU women's basketball game as the Fighting Tavash race 
take on Cal on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. They'll be in Berkeley. So you have your boy Bill Walton in town for BYU Youth, and then you have BYU at Cal in women's hoops. Yes, and uh, what, the last time you just said Devajra, it reminded me of a conversation we had last night on the way to the movie. Yeah. And that is that, yes, it's available at JCPenney, but it's also available at Kohl's now. Yeah, right? it's available at Kohl's as well. Okay? <laughs> Devajra. A cheap perfume. Yes. If she has another career high, then that might get bumped up to, I don't know, Dillard's. Okay. <laughs> Some people are so we were, confused we right were now. We discussing last, yeah, the conversations we have off. I was like, where does JCPenney rank now? In, in department in the stores. power rankings. Yeah, I don't, power, I don't know. Yeah, the department store power rankings. I was like, well, when I was little, it was this, but now it's this. JCPenney's yeah, anyway. stock has fallen a little bit there. Yeah, right? it's no Bitcoin, I'll tell you that. Yeah, they're, no trying, real, they're trying really hard. Uh, Cassie DeVagere and BYU basketball on the women's side at Cal. <laughs> Yeah, try and beat another Pac-12 opponent after knocking off. Just Utah. beat all the Pac-12. That's it's I not just that. Utah. It's all of them. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. Jeff Grimes will be introduced officially as the new BYU offensive coordinator tomorrow in a Saturday press conference. It was announced that he would take the job yesterday. We will have a recap of the presser on Monday here. On BYU Sports Nation. Men's Hoops, as mentioned, takes on in-state rival Utah tomorrow at 11 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio with our friend and office mate, Jason Shepard, on BYU Radio at 10 Eastern. Now, we just mentioned Jeff Grimes. He coached a number of solid young men here at Brigham Young University while he was the offensive line coach between 2004 and 2006, including... Our next guest, a proud Mountain Crest Mustang from Cache Valley, Utah. Jake Caressa joins us on the Desiree First Credit Union Hotline. Jake, welcome to our Star Wars edition of BYU Sports Nation. Hey, thanks for having me, fellas. Hey. It's been, uh, been a long time coming. I'm finally on the show. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel, man? Man, it's, it's way better than I thought it was going to be. I just, yeah, I just, in, internal satisfaction man i appreciate you guys having me on well, th- hey. well thanks for coming on it was great to talk to you jake <laughs> i'm just kidding are you seeing star wars this weekend or or uh next week uh you need to give more options not everyone's into star wars um wait so that was I'll that was one of the things about coming on the show is that you would talk about star wars <laughs> i thought we talked about this yeah, not, I'm not much of a Star Wars guy. I think I've seen most of the movies, but um, I don't have plans to make sure that I see it anytime soon. So I'll have to get, uh, I'll have to get the cliff notes from you guys. Okay, Jake, <laughs> let's talk about one of your former Jedi Masters, okay? Jeff Grimes is now taking over as the offensive coordinator at BYU. You played for him. What was your initial reaction when you heard that it was official and he would be the new offensive coordinator at BYU? So knowing Coach Grimes and just the kind of person that he is, uh, my initial reaction was I I was just excited because he is such a good coach. When you go through the check boxes of things that make a good coach, you know, he really does check all of those things off. That's why he's had so many good jobs, so many high-paying jobs, and he has so much respect from people in that industry. And so in that regard, I was just excited as a BYU fan. Um, You know, my other reaction, I guess, uh, the one that was a little more surprising when when I did find out was, you know, I was a little bit surprised 
that Jeff wanted to be here at BYU so badly, you know, and it sh- it says a lot about his experience here the first time. It says a lot about his respect for the university. It says a lot about him knowing you know, the challenges that people always talk about with recruiting and with honor code and with academic standards. He knows all of those things, yet he's walking away from something that he's worked hard to get and he gets paid well to do in order to be here. And so his desire to be here is something that's impressive to me. The other thing that I was just, you know, I was just really, when I did find out, I was just surprised that Kalani and company were able to pull this off. You know, it, it, it must have taken some unique things in approach and it must have taken people that haven't always signed off on this type of approach to finally sign off on it. And that includes, you know, salary, but also includes, um, you know, ability to bring in the remainder of the offensive staff a certain way and, and to really help Jeff see that he's going to be in a, in a situation to succeed or he wouldn't have taken this. So those were my reactions. Overall, I would say ecstatic. You mentioned some of the boxes that he checks. What are those boxes, in your opinion? Well, one of the biggest things for me is he's tough. Um, you know, he is a he's a hard he's a hard coach to play for, in the sense that he is very demanding. Um, he has a standard that he sets, and he does not compromise. He doesn't make any concessions with anyone, no matter how talented. You have to meet up. You have to meet a certain level of effort, toughness knowledge, all of that. And so, you know, he's demanding, and you need a coach that can do that. You know, the next thing is he's very, very detail-oriented. The way that we approached our offensive game when he came in was a complete 180 to what it was prior. Um, What I mean by that is our offensive line was studying blitz packages and studying coverages and and studying down and distances. We weren't just studying – the guy that's across from you. We were studying all 11 people on defense. We're studying their defensive scheme and their packages and their looks and what they do in the red zone, what they do um, on the right side of the field or short, you know, short yardage, third and long, first and short. I mean, all of those kind of things started coming into the game plan. He's very meticulous about those details. Um, So he's very detail oriented, right? Uh, The other thing I think is, he has an affinity for getting kids to respond to him. You know, I wouldn't say that when I was playing for him that he was the nicest guy ever um, to me all of the time, but I always respected him and I wanted to play for him. He was able to take things that need to be done for a successful offense and get kids to understand it. And I think that was missing last year. I think there were people that were really, really smart and people that know as much about offense as you could possibly know. But was how much of that knowledge was passed along to the kids in a way that they could execute it. And that's something that takes time and it takes time to, to learn that skill set. So even though Jeff Grimes has never officially called plays with the title of being the offensive coordinator, he has a track record of teaching kids how to do the things that he wants them to do. And that's going to go a long ways. BYU offensive lineman from 2000, was it 2003 to 2006, Jake? I'm trying to get the specific years down. Yeah, 2003, 4, 5, and 6. Okay. Yep. All right. It's hard to believe that we were both in school at that time, man. It's been a long (laughs) time. 
Dang, I didn't know I was as old as you guys. <laughs> you're old. You're a little bit older. <laughs> so oh, I am. It's all good. Uh, you only get better with age, Jake. We're finding that out right now, <laughs> uh, which is why we wanted to have you on the program today. You brought up the fact that he has not been the official play caller as the offensive coordinator in a major college football program. How much does that concern you, or should it concern BYU fans? I think there's some – I think it's valid to be concerned a little bit. It means that it's a little bit unproven. I also think the people that are the most concerned about this are the people that know the least about how an offense is put together. And what I mean by that is he's been the, the run game coordinator at multiple schools – He's been involved in calling plays, executing plays, and implementing game plans at a really, really high level. And so it's not just the offensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator ultimately has, let's say he has 25 plays to choose from, right? And in a game, and depending on situation, he ultimately says, I'm going to call play number 10 instead of play number 2, right, just to make it kind of simple. I'm going to call this play as opposed to this play. But there's a staff that puts those plays together. There's a staff that game plans and says, we're going to call these type of plays against these type of defenses. We've decided based on study we're going to call these type of plays and these type of scenarios. There is no one available on the market or not on the market that has more experience doing that than Jeff Grimes. Now that last little 10% is something that maybe he doesn't have as much experience doing. But the guys that have proven experience in that last 10%, those are guys like Matt Canada that make $1.2 million a year. We're not in the market for guys like that, right? And so a lot of people, in my opinion, are wrong in thinking that somebody who's actually called plays before at a lower level would be a better candidate. Absolutely false. The reason being, they've never recruited kids at this level. They've never gone up against schools that are recruiting these kids. They've never um, played in front of 60,000 people. They've never dealt with the media that happens at a school like this. I and mean, look at what's happened the last few days with Jeff Grimes. And when you're coming from a lower level and you're the kind of person, there's a reason offensive coordinator at an FCS school or at a junior college or somewhere makes the kind of money that they make and that Jeff Grimes makes the kind of money that he makes. As far as the, the, the gap to cover for inexperience, he has the smallest gap of anyone that we even had a chance of getting. And, I didn't, and a lot of people didn't think we had a chance to get him. So, experience, check the box, even though he's never officially called plays. He's been on the booth, he's been in the field, he's decided what plays to implement a game plan, and then he's turned it over to Matt Canada. He's turned it over to um, Cam Cameron. He's turned it over to Gus Malzahn in order to actually call the plays in that exact moment. Also, he's received ringing endorsements from those people, proven play callers, proven head coaches, saying he's ready to call those plays. He's more than ready and he's been ready. Let's finish with this, Jake. Uh, BYU returns a lot of its offense uh, next year. Um, how much can Jeff Grimes and this new offense uh, change the result for BYU? Well, can't do worse, right? <laughs> That's what I've been saying. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, they were, they were uh, ranked 120th or worse in all the major offensive categories. Um, I think they can change it quite a bit. And the, the reason being is, is Jeff has a lot of experience, and I think that he – I would guess that he's going to work backwards, um, even a little bit how Robert and I did in comparison to what we saw last year. What I mean by that is his system is fluid. 
if you look at like a Matt Canada offense, right, or you look at all the different offenses that Jeff Grimes has been a part of, you know, he can look at where our talent and experience is and create, not create an entire offense, but create tweaks and wrinkles that are catered towards the personnel and toward the strengths that he's identified. Whereas the last couple of years, you know, we were lucky to have Taysom and Jamal to just be the kind of guys that can, can will you into a win because they're so talented. But, you know, last year I think that we had a system first and we were trying to sometimes fit a square peg into a round hole um, with the personnel that we had, with the experience that we had. And so there are certain offenses um, that require a really high-level quarterback. And there are other offenses that can cover up for an inexperienced quarterback. Same thing with all the other positions. I think Jeff has enough experience to kind of say, what do I really have on this team? You know, how good is my offensive line? How much can I lean on them? How good is my quarterback, my receivers, my running back? Like, what can I really lean on and create, not necessarily an offense, but create game plans that are catered toward the strengths and the personnel? And, um, you know, if that's done, we do have enough talent. We just have to make sure we're – we're tapping into where the talent is, where the experience is to get the results and not being completely reliant upon a quarterback playing a certain way or one receiver or, you know, a certain group. And, and so I think that that offense, similar to a Matt Canada offense, will be very agile. It'll be mobile. It'll be unpredictable. Jake Caressa with us on BYU Sports Nation. Jake, I hope that the long wait was worth the wait, man. I hope it was worth all of the hype. <laughs> well, I hope it was. I hope it was good enough that next time I can maybe come in there and give you guys a hard time. <laughs> oh yeah, we'd love to have you in studio. We would love that. We also know I you'll have to be watch Star Wars first, though. Yeah, okay, that's Jerem's requirement. <laughs> I'm sure I'll watch. It. I'm sure I'll end up watching that like, or something like that. And a compromise. I like how that worked out, yeah. Jake. It's been great to have yeah. you on the program. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Absolutely. Have a good show, guys. All right. Jake Caressa joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Fun fact, first cousin of uh, TJ and Tyler Huff. Jake and yeah, Alex. How about Caressa. that? A yep. Caressa and a Huff. Yep. Coming up, Jimmer gets buckets last night. Or did he? Wait, what? And what's the chance Jeff Grimes leads an offense that averages more than 27 points a game next season? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday. This is how we do it in Studio B. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV, including tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern. Men's basketball plays Utah tomorrow night, 11 Eastern on ESPN2. Bill Walton on the call. BYU Radio pregame coverage at 10 Eastern time. Cannot wait for this game. I don't know if I could do the Walton voice while I have a cold. I remember when I was at Berkeley. I could (laughs) smell colors. I could taste sound. You know who's sitting next to Bill Walton tomorrow night? You are. This guy. So that's, Jerem Jordan that's next to fun. Bill Walton. That'll be fun. Is there a greater player than Detlef Schrempf? <laughs> <laughs> no. And Band of Horses made a song called Detlef Schrempf. He's been granted yeah. every liberty to say whatever yeah. he wants. Hey, uh, I think it's time that we whip out the fun of percentages, Jerem, and play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? 
What's the chance presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event? Let's bring in the voice, Ben Bagley. Ben, what do you have for us? Number one. What's the chance someone not named Eli or Yoli leads the Cougars in scoring tomorrow against the Utes? I'll go 33% because the big three, you add those two with TJ Haas. Steve Cleveland said the Y factor could be TJ Haas in the game tomorrow, so I say 33%. Yeah, TJ Haas has been BYU's leading scorer the last two games. Boom. So I'd go even higher than that. 40% chance that Eli or Yoli don't lead BYU in scoring because of the emergence of TJ. And guess what? This is the perfect time for a guy like Zach Selyus or McKay Cannon to go off from the three-point line against a team that's focusing yes. on the big three. Number one team in the Pac-12, number six nationally, 26% allowed from three. By the way, let's call TJ Haas the lone peak. The Lone Peak. Mm-hmm. He is the, last the Lone Peak. Yeah. Number two. Well, you're referring to the school there, right? To TJ House. Yeah, not. Oh, 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 uh, oh, nice. That's sorry. mean. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad. You know, hey, hey, that's a T. <laughs> yeah, where's the, the yellow, yellow card? card? All right. What's the chance a team scores? <laughs> what? That's, you're teed up. That's one time. Oh. If you were LeBron, I'd throw you out right now. Okay, I'll be nice. Uh, <laughs> what's the chance a team scores 70 tomorrow in the game? I'm going 100%. In fact, you've said on this program before, first to 70 wins. I think that's the case tomorrow because both teams allow fewer than 70 points. Just under 70 points. BYU at 69.1, I think, and then Utah at 67.6. Which brings us to our stat of the day. Yes. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Both BYU and Utah are giving up fewer than 70 points per game. These are good defensive teams. Now, Utah used to be really slow on offense. In fact, so slow they were boring, you know, but now they run a little bit more. They're called the running Utes. Finally, they're not liars. They actually run. First to 70 wins. You tried to transition. First to 70 (laughs) wins, baby. Number three. Number three, what's the chance BYU beats Utah? Oh, Ken Palm says uh, like 56%. I agree with that idea. I think it's a really good matchup. It's almost a coin flip. I think home court gives BYU the edge. The Marriott Center Magic returns tomorrow. 70% chance BYU beats Utah. Oh, 70! Because it's in Provo. If they play, if they play this game 10 times, I think BYU wins it seven times in Provo with the Marriott Center Magic. Number four. What's the chance BYU football averages more than 27 points offensively next season? Whoa. 27 is not a lot, so I go uh, 100%. BYU will average more than 27. Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, because of what happened this season, 27 feels like a dream, right? I know. It would be exactly 10 more points a game. Oh, that's Yeah, 10 more points a game gets you uh, bowl eligible, so uh, at least 6 and 6, right? Oh, man. Yeah, when you play McNeese State, put up 50. When I you just play want UMass, tw- put up 50. I just want 24. Going back to the old Bronco rule. Score 24 plus. Okay. Boring! Yeah, I'm saying 30% chance they average 27 or more. They will score 24 or more, though. Coming up, it's a big weekend for the Cougars in the NFL as Jamal Williams gets a new significant teammate back. Wait, are you talking about Colby Pearson? Yes! Or the other guy that throws the ball. Rogers. What's the Chance is brought to you by... BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guests, Steve Cleveland and Jake Caressa. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it.
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Jeff Grimes will be introduced as the new off BYU offensive coordinator tomorrow in a press conference. Grimes was announced as the new OC yesterday. Joins BYU from LSU, where he was the O line coach and run game coordinator. Hey, was he successful there? I believe so, especially against BYU. We will have a recap of the press around Monday here on BYU Sports Nation. Men's basketball hosts in-state rival Utah tomorrow, 11 Eastern on ESPN2. Pre-game coverage begins on BYU Radio at 10 Eastern. Jerem is sitting next to Bill Walton. Jimmer! Burnett scored only 15 points in a 98-79 Shanghai Sharks loss. That can't be right. Can't be it right. It is. It is. But did they mean 51? Is that what? Jimmer was once again perfect from the free throw line, though, uh, for four. Women's basketball. Cassie Broadhead DeVagere and BYU. Yes, yeah, say it again. Yes, available at your local big lots. Play at Cal tomorrow at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Talk about this cold. Cougars in the NFL. And J.C. Week 15 lineup looks like this. Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs take on Michael Davis and the Chargers. Kainuku and the Browns play Bronson Kafusi and the Ravens. John Denny and the Dolphins go to Buffalo. That's not it. Jamal Williams, Aaron Rodgers, and Colby Pearson, who's on the practice squad. And the Packers take on the Panthers. Taysom Hill, the special team star, and the Saints play the Jets. Ziggy Ansah and the Lions take on the Bears. And in the biggest game of the week, Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots face the Steelers. Gymnastics. Blue and white interest squad scrimmage is tomorrow night in Provo. It's 7 Eastern time. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. You need the most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it today? Mr. Ryan Johnson for his well-written, well-directed Star Wars The Last Jedi. I knew you were going to go the Star Wars route. You did. Who is Luke Skywalker in BYU Athletics right now? You can't bring that up with 37 (laughs) seconds to go? What in the world? I just did. At Roland Hall with our elite tweet of the day. What has your attention right now as a BYU fan? Says Star Wars and the game tomorrow because if BYU loses, it's a major shot to the resistance. <laughs> Darth Larry might become too powerful Darth for ever. us all. May the force be with TJ. Darth Larry? Get out of here. Jeez. That's really funny. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Matt Montague. That guy can pass. <laughs>